Coming up on the podcast, WTF 1978, WTF Clint Eastwood, Every Which Way But Loose? That's your weirdest, weirdest movie, man! Welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast with your hosts, Eric Reed, Brian Kruger, and Chris Ryerson. Three idiots who decided to slap an adverb together with an adjective to bring you one magnificently huge discussion each week about the movies and pop culture we kinda like, maybe even secretly love, before we ultimately crab all over them. We're not here to save the world, we're just here to make it weirder one podcast at a time. This is Magnificently Huge. Oh, hey there, listener, and welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast. This is Chris. This week, along with Eric and Brian, we're tackling probably the weirdest Clint Eastwood movie ever made, uh, 1978's Every Which Way But Loose. You know this one. He's the truck-driving, bar-brawling uh, dude that has an orangutan for a pet. It's uh, That's pretty much the selling point. That's the whole through-line of the movie disregard anything else because nothing else happens it's supposed to be a comedy it's not funny there's a lot of stuff wrong with this one uh we had not seen it in decades but uh bottom line we did not like this movie so there's a lot of punching going on and punching low which is you know happens from time to time I was hoping just for a weird movie to get a discussion rolling, but it turns out we all just hate this movie. And uh, if you like it, that's great. Uh, but, you know, we didn't. It's just, ah, uh, ah, uh, that's all I can say. So if you're interested in what we have to say about Every Which Way But Loose, then uh, by all means, keep listening to the program. Uh, we also do the fresh shit where we cover things we've been doing, watching, seeing, listening to, whatever. That's always fun. And then we dive right into Clint Eastwood's strangest film ever. I mean, his filmography has got uh, a lot of good stuff and some not-so-good stuff. So, Pink Cadillac, this ain't. I'll just say that right now. So, if you like what you hear, send us an email to magnificentlyhuge at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. You can roll over to our SoundCloud, our uh, iTunes, uh, Stitcher, and then we also have a website, maghuge.com where you can reach out to us, get show notes, links, whatever. Uh, it's all there. So without further ado, uh, any which film but this. Hey, y'all. It's downtown Judy Brown welcoming you to Club MTV. I'm Eric. That's <laughs> wubba, Brian. Wubba, wubba. That's Eric. Chris. <laughs> wubba, wubba, wubba. Hey, yes, uh, I am Brian. Um, and I'm Chris. Chris. Uh, and I'm quick Eric. question. WTF 1978. Holy. F- okay, we'll get into yep. it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll uh, get into I it. Am a, I am almost sorry that I made you guys watch this thing, but also not sorry. So please uh, reference our forward. previous show on how comedy doesn't age. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Comedy, quote unquote. I like it. Comedy I like it. Does not. It definitely has a half life. Yeah. Um, oh. So it's, yeah. Good times. Good times. Everybody had a, a good week. Uh, since our last oh, roll, yeah. Okay. I, I cool. I cleared shrubbery. I cleared huge pieces of shrubbery. Wow. Can and we call then, you Roger now? Can we call you Roger the Shrubber? There's a little Monty Python reference. Sh- for you. Yes. I don't know what that means. <laughs> That's okay. a Monty uh, Python n- reference, you dumbass. Me? Oh, oh, I'm Eric the Fish. Yeah. Eric the. Oh God. That's not. That's like half of Monty Python. Okay. We've gone off the rails again. Who wants to talk fresh shit? This shit is fresh! Oh, shit, that is fresh. This stuff is real!
I've got a weird one if you want to hear it. I go I go hunting around last night on YouTube uh for HP Lovecraft audiobooks, right? Because mm-hmm. I don't want to pay for them. Uh and I like Lovecraft. He's really good. I find this channel uh uh the exploring series on YouTube. Um and I listen to some of this stuff and I find on this they they this guy just he's reading these he's not he's not ripping anything he's reading this stuff and he starts reading these stories from the scp foundation have you heard of this no not the, not yet the is this okay a church this is, of bob thing close this is this is my fresh shit though the scp foundation is a fictional secret organization uh documented by a collaborative wi- writing wiki project so basically, it's a group <laughs> writing sci-fi uh, of very X-Files stories. Oh, and God. like each story so, is about an SCP that is uh, an anomaly. Like, like one I heard last night was about a town in Nebraska where every law that is passed becomes a physical uh, um, reality so that it's impossible to break any of the laws. <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah and like at one point the mayor says no one's allowed to leave the town and so no one has been able to leave the town since this happened and at one point the mayor then says all military uh people have to leave the town and because the two laws conflict the entire town disappears an mtf was first sent in to investigate and of course we're never seen again so a second team was sent in who are also never seen again. While in some situations this would be where the Foundation either calls it quits or sends in an especially elite team, they instead decide to send in a single D-class on what appears to be a decidedly certain suicide mission. It's like this bizarre <laughs> thing all written in a, a documentation way, like like reports from agents, and there's just hundreds of them, and they're... Just they're they're scary. They're well thought out. It's like the best thing I've ever seen on the internet. Uh, I, I awesome. I, I recommend going and looking. Just look up uh, SCP Foundation, and I'm I'm it, trying to. It it sounds it, like if you're into like Welcome to Night Vale, this would be your jam. Yeah, like, yeah, very yeah, much or so. like it's uh, that kind of thing, or like Creep Show, you know. Or that's what it sounds um, like. Yeah, yeah, okay. or Tannis, the uh, the old uh, the website that the, the the podcast that used to be sort of a fun horror. Uh, okay, ah, <laughs> uh, here's here's the scp wiki dot wiki dot dot com. That's a lot. I am I I suggest That's you like, use we'll, Google. We'll and put say a link SC, in the show notes. Yeah, no SCP doubt. Foundation. Yeah, that reminds me of like King but, of the Hill with Dale Grill at www.black.helicopter.com. <laughs> <laughs> It's the same thing. <laughs> well, that's all I want to give. Oh, oh yeah, right. and H.P. Lovecraft. Read yourself some H.P. Lovecraft. He's like a 1920s Stephen King, but he's much more literate. <sighs> and there's lots of like weird giant octopi, right? That's his thing. But it's all written, again, like they're reports. You know, they're, they're not well, written to be scary. I've, they're like... Here's here's another horrible thing that happened. Yeah. Have you read his uh like detective stories? 
because he did no. some of that too. And then there's a movie that was done for HBO back in like 91 starring Fred Ward called Cast a Deadly Spell, which is based huh. on the Lovecraft like detective stuff. So it's like this Fred Ward plays a like a detective like Sam Spade, but there are uh, demonic creatures and things roaming among us. So it's like that crappy uh, Will Smith movie from a few years back. <laughs> but like, but done like a 30s, 40s noir with Fred Ward huh. solving some sort of magic mystery. Uh, right. Look it up if you can find it. It's actually not too bad. No, like I, I just wanted to, to, to finally find out about this Cthulhu uh, cycle and see mm. what's doing. Yeah. <laughs> as, as one does. Yes. Yeah. What's up with Cthulhu? And then, you know, <laughs> go. That's a good conversation starter anywhere. <laughs> I see Dennis Miller doing that. So what's up with Cthulhu? Like he's doing <laughs> some then, some yeah, horrible sub reference nobody's gonna yeah. get. And then this guy starts talking to me like I'm Quickweg or something. <laughs> I think I've seen that episode. Oh my god. Okay. Good. Uh, Boom. Well then, all right. Oh, I hand off. Yeah. So, okay. The baton is I've, I've got. I've got I've got a couple of big ones here, so okay. Um, I I think we need to talk about ABBA. Do we? Because the, the new the single Swedish supergroup, the new single, right? Suck. So, first of all, ABBA has released two new singles. Oh, they're terrible! Uh, because they're kicking off a tour in which they are holograms, and <laughs> yeah, they did a motion capture performance. Yeah. They're totally gorillas in that shit. It's gonna be so so lit, man. It's gonna be lit. Yeah, this is. <laughs> It so don't the the new album dropped this weekend the whole album not yeah. just the two singles and I did oh. I did give it a listen like the whole and album or just the singles yeah no I listened to the whole album is it uh, is it the as only bad as good the song the only good song is one of the singles which is don't shut me down oh, God, which is basically uh, the song being sung to you the audience by the hologram version of Abba <laughs> saying hey yeah. I know I'm a hologram please don't turn me off right. This just happens to coincide with, uh, you know, we, we got our booster shots, our COVID booster shots, so we're, we're going right back out into the world here, kids. Mm-hmm. We're, we're back to it. And uh, one of the things we did was a performance that actually the first time I've gone to a concert where they have checked your vaccination status, that you have really? to be vaccinated to get in, and they enforced masks the whole time. That's shocking. Uh, and this was Arizona Music Fest opening itself back up with tribute band abba the concert okay <laughs> that's now, such a catchy name ABBA for the a concert tribute band oh my god is a tribute band that's actually all the people are from sweden so they've got the right accents okay and i guess they have the bass player that actually played on most of the big albums back in the day as part of their band um 
and like while the while the crowd is filling in, we're like we're the youngest people here. <laughs> well, yeah, that makes total <laughs> sense though. That makes total sense. So, so this was like the deadest crowd, right? Like just no energy from this crowd. They gave them they gave them nothing. Oh. You know the, these. These people are up there in full-on 70s regalia. And I got to say that, you know, they do a good job. Like, the two the two girls they've got singing are young, but they're Swedish, and they sound... I mean, especially the brunette sounds exactly like Frida um, singing singing all their parts. And, and they're doing all the moves, and they've got the cheesy costumes. And it's clear that the backing band used to be the young people doing this. Like, they've got two <laughs> girls who are backup singers who are older, and, like... The guy who's really playing lead guitar is in the back, and he's old, you know. Oh, God. But it was, I got to see a, an ABBA tribute concert, and it was not half bad. Uh, ah. Just the audience sucked. But, like, you, I just, you always... Yeah, go ahead. I, I, I'm sorry, I'm just, I've got this image of, like, you know, and then they, they, they finish up Waterloo, and the audience is just looking at him like, Crickets. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not shoegaze I mean, music too. That's what's funny. It's like this is peppy danceable music and if nobody's even giving any sort of response like it's like in the audience dead. is is 80, right? Like Oh my just, god. Yeah, it was it was how literally you, held at like a doing, mega church Stuart? in I'm northern Scottsdale. Yet. Still waiting to die. I'm it's not like dead. watching like dinner theater. It's the same vibe, right? There was there was this one lady who is probably my mom's age who came in in like what was probably her actual authentic seventies clothes and I'm like Dude. go you good job <laughs> I I got no problem with people being you know getting out and being silly but man give the uh, give the give the band some love here guys yeah. come on but more importantly anyway. uh, not to bury the lead on this topic but yeah the the two new singles are terrible they've got no energy they're just not good at all oh the the album the album goes downhill from there yeah i like um, i listen to and, it and a lot of it is the subject matter like there's one song that's basically about how i love my dog more than my lazy ass husband <laughs> and there's another song that is literally the only song i've ever heard i think that is about divorced parents co-parenting and having to hand off the kid for visitation like it's actually wow. probably one of the better songs it's called keep an eye on dan but yeah it's a song about co-parenting good Yeah, it's so low energy. I'm like, I listen to him like, man, ABBA really did just get old, didn't they? Because it's just, there's well, yeah. nothing. There's nothing. Nothing there. Nothing in the tank. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what happens to everybody. Look at this podcast. Right? Yeah, yeah it's true. <laughs> uh, but sadly, not the Rolling Stones. Well, I guess Charlie Watts is dead now, so yeah. They're not over yeah. yet, but they're close. And okay. Bill Wyman started like drinking the blood of young people. <laughs> well that's yeah that's a given right yeah that's a given okay like you do yeah. yeah anyway so um the other thing that i'll bring to the show this week um 
Hey, I went and saw Eternals. I'm Ooh. sorry. I'm so I didn't sorry. even know it came out. Yeah, it came um, out Friday. Yeah, it came out this weekend. <laughs> so, uh, so that was I'm bad watching sarcasm Eternals. because you can't get away from Eternals ads or <laughs> <laughs> they're pushing it. Back. Yeah, I know. So, so here's the perplexing thing about Eternals: is I think I would really like it if it was the exact same movie. If it wasn't set, set as part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, yeah. it was just mm. a standalone movie about these characters and this plot, which is impossible. Without being in the MCU, yeah. it would be better, which is impossible to do because it's just they're they're yeah. there. But imagine, I mean, this imagine is... imagine there was another so Sony Corporation somewhere with a piece of uh, <laughs> yeah. Marvel, okay. like legalese, creating their own X Men. I mean, I yeah. can see it. I mean, it's so just, they. Uh, the, yeah, I went in with the lowest of expectations. I'm like, this just looks dull and uninspiring, and I don't care about any of these characters, and how am I supposed to care about that many new characters? Right. And I got to tell you, they did better than I thought. They really did. I mean, first of all, yes, it is by far the best shot Marvel movie, full stop. Like, be, Because it was actually shot in the physical world and there's real lighting... Like it's just a much prettier movie. Um, the uh, the script is better than I thought it was going to be, and they do actually have a legit, honest to god, decent explanation for hey, why weren't you guys helping with like you know any of it? Can you ruin that uh, for me and Eric? Because uh, I doubt I'll be watching this anytime soon. Um, I kind of don't want to ruin it, at least for the listeners. Okay. Um, this movie takes place across all of history and much of the the galaxies, at least in times. It is it is swinging really hard for the fences, and it doesn't hit all of them, but it hits enough. Well, you know, um, yeah. it's hard it when up. you've got yeah, it's hard when you've got a super team with like a hundred characters to yeah. to deal with in a, like a two hour movie. I mean, that's just that's ambitious even for Marvel. One of whom is basically Superman. Oh, go ahead. No, I think what turned me off about this is that the, all the ads I'm seeing on YouTube involve clips of Captain America and Iron Man, and they're like, "Oh, really?" They're only trying to remind you that you know. They're <laughs> oh, part hey, of this that. is yeah, yeah. Hey, we should yeah, we finished Phase Three, but here's all the new stuff that you probably don't care about. Yeah, that's their no, that's their no. marketing hole. Marvel movies okay. are still going. It's not over, guys. The, it's yeah. not over. The actual MCU <laughs> is only tangentially referred to verbally a couple of times. This really is a standalone movie about. Celestials and Eternals and Deviants and human history. So is it more like um, Agents of Shield then? No, it's got, like it's it's more like a DC movie. Okay, okay. I can I can kind of hear Kevin Feige saying, "No, no, it's part of the phases. It's a Marvel movie." You <laughs> shut up, you you shut up. Yeah. Uh, here's the other question: no. uh, Is Kumal? Nanjiani really cut in this thing, or did he just go through all of that <laughs> for mean, no reason? Like they're he not never show takes it. his shirt off, but okay. his, he's definitely got he's definitely got the biceps. Okay, uh, he's he's funny. He's actually one of the best parts of the movie. Yeah. His character is great. Although I do have to wonder, Kumail Nanjiani is of Pakistani descent, and he's playing an Indian guy. And I'm wondering if that's pissing off a lot of people in both <laughs> India and Pakistan. Let's hope Probably, so. But I'm sure um, he doesn't let's give a hope shit. So. Well, I mean, yeah. you know, that's the I movie's mean, already not getting play in like the Middle East because there's the same sex thing going on, and they're pissed off that Marvel yeah. will cut that out. It's like this movie's just 
like woke to five degrees and everybody's pissed off about something in it. And, no, and they can't get played in China because the director made some film that yeah. was uh, critical of the government, which is right there a reason for me to go see it. Fuck yeah. China. Yeah. Here's the thing. It's woke, but not in a not in a preachy or like beating okay. you over the head with a kind of way. It's just kind of matter of fact. So it's like critical um, race theory, basically. It's like it's just you know or not. Or it's the like... exact opposite of that. Okay. Yeah, what the fuck, dude? Uh I'm no, just trying to push it, some buttons, don't worry. It, yeah, it it does have so here's the thing. It has a character who's basically, you know, can fly and shoot laser beams from his eyes. And it's got another okay. character that's basically the flash. And I think they execute those characters, they certainly execute the Flash better than DC has by a lot. But here's the thing that really kind of will will make you scratch your head is characters in this movie are aware of the fictional characters of Batman and Superman. Yeah, how does that work? What? That is so weird. So basically, Batman and the- Superman apparently are are fictional characters <laughs> known to people in the MCU now. Oh no, goddamn Wait. sense. That makes sense. That totally makes sense. Think about it. Okay, right now we're in a universe where we're aware of Batman and Superman, but there's yeah. no yeah. Marvel people. If there were Marvel superheroes, they would exist in a copy of our universe, just yeah. one where there's Iron Man and junk. Part of our universe is Superman comic books. So yeah, they would totally know that. I guess. Yeah. I guess. But I'm like, how did they how did they even like was there like meetings and phone calls and lawyers to just get somebody to say the word <laughs> Superman in a Marvel movie. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, Zack Snyder somewhere I, just going, uh, go ahead. I, I wonder actually if they, because they're getting all multiverse with the, the Marvel stuff, if they're, they're already planting the seeds for their crossovers. Let's hope so. Oh my oh, God. God. So, yes. so, so the very end, the very end of this, they start to go just Full on goofy ass comic book, like the post credit scene introduces. I I don't think this is a a spoiler. Introduces um Harry Styles as another Eternal who is a Titan who I guess is Eros and everybody wants to screw him and he is introduced by a goddamn troll voiced by Patton Oswalt and no I'm not making this up. <laughs> um, re, re, revising his character from um uh parks and rec yeah really i i i don't know that but but yeah let the filibustering begin as many of you have noted uh that use the internet it has been announced that disney has required the rights to the star wars franchise and in the summer of 2015 we will see the release of star wars uh, episode 7. Herewith is my proposal for the plot of that movie. Uh, begin with standard uh, title uh, sequence and John Williams fanfare, uh, followed by a scroll to be written. I would like to mention that Brian De Palma wrote the original opening scroll for Star Wars Episode 4, A New Hope. I think it would be a nice nod uh, to the franchise if he were to write this opening scroll. Then, pan down from the twin sons of Tatooine. Uh, we are now close on the mouth of the Sarlacc pit. After a beat, the gloved Mandalorian armor gauntlet of Boba Fett grabs onto the sand outside the Sarlacc pit and the feared bounty hunter pulls himself from the maw of the sand beast. Okay, this is exactly- And we realize uh, that he survived his fall uh, during the battle at Jabba's uh, palace ship. Is a little 
three fo- literal three foot troll. Um, wow. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it. I don't want to. I don't want to really give away the game because it does explain itself. But but the other thing about it explaining itself is that you kind of come back around, and you're like, okay, but now that I know everything I know. A real dragon wouldn't do that. Like, or, <laughs> you know, I, I start, I start having that kind of conversation with my wife. Like, that wouldn't actually make sense because this is also the first Marvel movie where two characters have sex on screen, and there is a scene not long before that where there's two super powered characters in their super suits making out, and it's the funniest goddamn thing seeing people in these super suits <laughs> going start, for the um, kiss. It sounds for like the boys. That's the way yeah, you describe it. That's the no, best it's like serious. superhero yeah. sex scene of all time ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? Oh, 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 yeah. No, the boys, the boys definitely does it. Anyway, um, Eternals, it is, it's definitely better than the low-tier Marvel movies. It's better than your Ant-Mans and your Captain Marvels. Okay. It is just wildly different. I, I kind of think they should just pretend it wasn't part of the MCU and it's its own thing. Yeah. Good luck with mm. that. Yeah. No, watch it when it comes out on streaming. It's not bad. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm still a few behind. Uh cuz I just watched Black Widow. And wow. That's all I can say it, about that one. Yeah. I, I, this one really doesn't you don't have to be behind or anything. It's just kind of its own standalone movie. Okay. Well, that's good, because that's the other thing that pisses me off, is if they still interlock all of this shit. Because I honestly don't care anymore. I'm just done. So it's, it's hard for me to get <laughs> enthusiastic about any new one uh, coming out. So good, good on you for seeing this one. Yeah, I think they kind of, they already kind of buttoned it up. You know, it's like unfair of them to say, and now here's the next part. It's like, nah, yeah. you've finished that. You know, stop it. No, yeah. this is we we are officially in in the phase of the Marvel stuff where it's like, okay, we're no longer trying to justify things as being, you know, this is science or this is you know feasible or plausible in the real world. Nah, we're just all of our weird comic series. Fine, throw them at the wall. We're just throwing them at the wall. Like Shang Chi, sure, put yeah. Shang Chi out there. Eternals, whatever, man. This thing introduces Kit Harrington as is going to become the the goddamn Black Knight. Um. Yeah. Hey, everything we're just, is. We're it's just, either science, aliens, or, ma- or magic. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, we're just we're just going completely crazed at this point. They're not even trying to hide their comic book geek anymore. Which yeah. you know, I'm fine with that because it's based on a comic book. That's you know, the fact that they ever tried to ground this shit in reality just makes me laugh in retrospect. But uh, you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I think uh, I think it's funny that at one point they were worried they weren't going to be able to do that. Because yeah. they pretty much ground everything in a reality because of Iron Man. True. And then they, they try and do Doctor Strange, and it's like, really? You sure? Well, I mean... <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, it's just sort of like... Yeah, we're, the fr- we're way off the rails now. Well, it's like yeah. the first phase when you had Iron Man and all that stuff, and then you come out with Thor, which was their first like real super fantastic you know, thing. And it kind of and it worked. It didn't fall flat on its face. And I think that's when they went, okay. I think we got enough people along for the ride that it's probably going to be okay. But now it's like who, nobody cares. <laughs> They're just doing cocaine and going, let's. We can do anything. <laughs> yeah, <really>. you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's how you get a movie like Black Widow. Let's be honest here. Uh, but yeah. All right. Anyway, that's my fresh shirt. What do you got, Chris? Uh, I don't really want to talk about Black Widow because we. 
buried that horse uh, last week. Yeah, didn't we do that one? Yeah. Oh, okay. uh, but it was terrible. It get no reason to exist, and I feel sorry for Scarlett Johansson for getting roped into that thing. Agreed. Uh, but I did, to rehash one from last week as well, I did finally watch The Sparks Brothers, the Edgar Wright documentary oh, okay. about Sparks. Yeah. And uh, thoroughly enjoyable. That was the quickest two and a half hours I think I've ever spent with a documentary. It was crazy. <laughs> I like blinked and it was over. Uh, but I agree with your assessment, Brian. It's sort of like, here's the 70s, and then we get up past Womp That Sucker, and then we get angst in your pants, and then, oh, suddenly nothing until... <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> useless Saxon, gratuitous Saxon, senseless violins. It's like they cut out pretty yeah. much the the whole middle section to the end of the '80s, and I'm like, well, wait, like those are some <laughs> of my favorite Sparks albums, you dick, <laughs> and you didn't talk about any of them really. So it was kind of a strange deal, uh, but yeah. I think that's part of their their topsy turvy career. You can't really uh, spend a lot of time on one album. They literally did like one album every five minutes or so. So it was a really strange deal, <laughs> but they covered it all. It was pretty comprehensive. So again, I urge people to listen to Sparks, seek out our podcast from a while back, uh, know this band Sparks, uh, watch this movie, you know, enjoy their music because uh, they're really fucking good. And hmm. uh, if you all had to choose one album, uh, what would it be of their catalog? Like one album, not oh. one song, but like one album. Yeah, angst at my pants, hands yeah, down. Yeah, same yeah. here. Yeah, I would have to agree. I think most people would, because it's their strongest start to finish. Uh, I will, I will give them that. It's just I like that they they scaled back and went to a, an actual band again, and it was just it was a tight set. So I applaud them. Yeah, even even like the deep cuts on that have have good hooks, like Tarzan and Jane, mm-hmm. right? Which is just a song about like high school college students screwing in the you know labs uh is is a lot of fun right (laughs) well even apart from like the ones that show up in valley girl uh which are the ones probably most people know but then when you get to songs like mustache i like if i have that on in the background it's like that's my toe immediately starts tapping and then i'm like by the end going 100 has make the man you know it's like you can't help Very earwiggy that album. So it was fun. Uh, looking forward to seeing what else they can produce. Uh, but like, <laughs> like Russell Mayo said towards the end, he's like, uh, we're just basically going to live forever and we'll have 300 albums. Uh, and winky, winky. <laughs> but I like that he was throwing that out there. So the Sparks Brothers, ask for it by name if you dare. But uh, a definitely solid effort on the musical documentary front. So. Thanks for the recommends. I was glad it finally hit streaming. Yay. Yay. So, yeah, that's really all I've done because I've been busy this week. So, yeah, good times. And and, and then Chris picked the topic this week. I did. It's his fault. Shall we? (laughs) Yeah, let's commence to giggling.
shall we, fellas? Because- oh. <laughs> so here's the thesis. Oh, Chris. I gave you guys an option. I found two equally, uh, well, not in my mind, but to most people, two equally terrible movies from the late 70s. <sighs> Uh, mm. I gave you the guys the option to do Burt Reynolds and Hooper about the stuntman or Clint Eastwood in Every Which Way But Loose about the bare-knuckle bra- bare brawling, truck-driving, uh, whatever he yeah. is. Uh, I think I chose wrong. Yeah, I remember Eric's yeah, like, I, having a I, lot I more I said Hooper, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the gist. Okay, so we, <laughs> we settled on Every Which Way But Loose. Uh, I th- by, depending on who you listen to on the internets, uh, it, it was either the number two film of the year in 1978 or the number four. I'm going to go with number four, just based on Wikipedia. Uh, so it was a super popular movie. But I'm going to say if it is not the weirdest Clint Eastwood movie, you know, any which way you can is the sequel. We'll throw that one just aside for now because of the topic. But every which way but loose, if it is not the weirdest Clint Eastwood movie ever put to film, it is right up there and very close to being such. Yeah. And um, and if you extrapolate from that, what the fuck was going on in 1978 that this was a top five movie? Oh, nothing. <laughs> See, this is <sighs> this is actually the part of the discussion that does interest me because I yeah. I kept watching this thinking, yeah, like I I sent you guys. I think the the yeah. alternate title should have been the problems with white people because yeah. this mm-hmm. whole movie is well all white people. And they're all working like, you know, lower middle class, lower class Yeah, jobs. they're from the deep south part of California. Yeah, 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 the deep south of Los Angeles. And they're all listening yeah. to country music. And they're all be, you know, acting like they're in high school. Uh, but it's like, this is what culture looks like when there's no black people around like anywhere. <laughs> I mean, you there know? was one black <laughs> cop, but he was getting was bullied a- by the other white cop. It was like, what one in of the, the fuck? One of the fighters was black. Yeah. One of the, there was, but, there's the yeah. part when the, 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 the tar machine goes off on its own and smashes into where they're stacking vegetable crates. And you hear all the, the, the Asian voices, oh no, you'll be all, look out, look out, here come the thing. It was like, Oh wow! We'll make oh, fun of oh, anybody yeah. so, just for their so, race. Yeah, yeah. Here's here's what I wrote. I because uh, this this movie like made me angry, <laughs> right? Uh, <because laughs> like, for a quote unquote this, comedy, I'm like I didn't laugh once. This not even this intentionally. This is the great. This is the great version of America that the Trumps want. This is where the white men get right. to start bar fights over peanuts. The women protect their trailer park property with their Second Amendment rights. Yeah. And if some dude tries to just buy a drink for the girl that you're trying to steal from her boyfriend, you kick his ass, you steal his motorcycle, and you sell it. Yeah. Like, this is... <laughs> It's so it's, much white male privilege yeah, it movie. Is such oh, a, fuck. Such a weird movie. But let me, for the, the non-initiated who haven't figured it out by now, here's the, uh, the basic, and this doesn't even do it justice, but this is just the real succinct IMDb. Yeah, uh, it, it's the story of a primate and an orangutan. Yeah. Oh. Well, this one, as IMDb, <laughs> as IMDb puts it, it's the San Fernando Valley Adventures of trucker turned prize fighter Philo Beto and his pet orangutan Clyde, which, I mean, that's as good a summation as any, because basically it's Clint Eastwood is the prize fighting truck driving uh, brawler uh, who lives at home with his mom, Ruth Gordon, who's a crotchety old woman who basically her whole arc is just trying to pass her driver's test over and over. Uh, his brother Orville lives there, and then they have a pet orangutan named Clyde who likes to drink beer. Clint finds love with a 
country western singer played by Sandra Locke at a local honky tonk no, one night. No, Clint gets a hard on for her and stalks her across country. <laughs> yeah. But apparently, yeah, she's like a man eater who basically just uh, scams money and she like hightails it out of town. And so he decides to go chase after her back to Denver. And then before that, he beats the hell out of a couple of bikers at various spots from the Black Widows of Pacoima. And they give chase. He's also beaten the shit out of a cop in a fit of anger when he was looking for Sandra Locke after she left. And so the cop ends up chasing him as well. So it becomes this like road adventure Keystone cop thing that just like it's this shambolic rambling affair that lasts two fucking hours and it just goes on and on and on and i just don't understand what the fuck was going on in 1978 that this was such a huge hit i don't get yeah. it oh yeah. my god oh so uh, uh yeah so yeah how this is yeah how far did you get did you finish it brian so so what i did <laughs> Because <laughs> I, I saw Eric had bailed on it. At first, I yeah. tried to go for the movie clips, but there just aren't any. So I'm no, like, okay, there aren't. So I, so I, so I fired it up, and basically, I kept hitting the 15 second skip button on HBO Max to <laughs> right. get to move yeah. forward. So I kind of skimmed the movie. Yeah. Now, okay, when when he commits two like sexual assaults before the opening credits are <laughs> right, done, right? Like two different women in the same building. I'm just like, okay, this is this is a winner. Yeah. Oh I, my god. So Yeah, it's it's a tough one. God damn. I just yeah, I don't get it. But the what's worse is that it was propelled by the theme song by Eddie Rabbit, which was a big thing back oh in my that god. time frame. Like and every ten minutes we had to hear the refrain from any which way, but look yeah. like Okay, and we're on to the next scene. Let's play well, the music. Why? Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, it's, it propelled the story. But the thing about that is that that was a number one song as well. I just, I don't understand 1978 at all based on this. I mean, we were children, and I don't remember any of this going on, really. It was just, uh, you know, outside my radar. You don't, you don't remember the Dukes of Hazard? Well, that came the, the same thing. That came the next year. Right? Well, that's, that's the other point I want to make, is that this is a direct lineage. So you had, like convoy and such uh a few years earlier but then you get the year pre earlier it's 1977 you get burt reynolds and Smokey and the bandit which is pretty much the template that they're ripping off here mm, yeah. uh and this is the the very charmless very dull cousin of Smokey and the bandit it's just so weird that they even bothered and it was supposed to go to burt reynolds but I guess Clint Eastwood's production company got the script and he took a liking to it for whatever reason and thought it would be a good way to change his image and so made it. And it ended up just like making a shit ton of money. But the year after, this, so this came out late 78. And then by 79, you get shows like Dukes of Hazard and BJ and the Bear, which was all part of that weird, like, trucker misadventure comedy whatever thing that was going on in the late 70s that i just don't understand at all why that was a thing and so it just well i mean you know we want to we want to go out and we want to drink beer behind the wheel of trucks and <laughs> exactly. we want to hit up women and just tell them hey nice melons and i've never felt this way about a woman i just met before and then yeah. she just gets in your truck and says oh. where are you going you say east and she gets in the truck yeah because you know murka mm -hmm. <laughs> fuck yeah fuck yeah but he's got like they God, like they gas it up movie. like smoking the bandit i i will not even 
be embarrassed about the fact that I like that movie. It's just, it's breezy. It's effervescent. It just kind of washes over you. And Burt Reynolds at that time was very charming. And this is sort of their attempt to capture that lightning in a bottle. But Clint Eastwood is not charming by any stretch on screen. (laughs) And it's like, why are you trying to make him a romantic lead when basically he's just getting cooked? You know what I mean? It's like, this is an ode Mm. to toxic masculinity, this movie. Like from frame one, I got about five minutes in and I went, oh, this is an ode to toxic masculinity. Buckle up, buttercup. It's about to get interesting. And then it never did. (laughs) I was so irritated. This This is the kind of movie where in the middle of the movie, we decide that, you know what we really need to do right now? Yeah. We need to get the monkey laid. I that's a monkey needs to have sex. So let's break into the zoo so the monkey can (laughs) fuck a caged monkey. (laughs) This is because he's horny. Yeah, you've I've something. I kept a running uh, tally of my notes, and that at at some point I noticed that I did write. Oh, suddenly this is about getting the orangutan laid. Great. Yeah, (laughs) it's like come on, man. (laughs) Uh, like what the hell? Well, here. I was just sort of texting myself notes because I didn't have a pad and paper and I just was too lazy to write it. But these are my exact notes. And they just, they stop with the orangutan getting laid because uh, if you want TMI, uh, I, I had to go take a giant crap and that's what did it. I think it just like loosened my bowels and then I had to come back and finish the movie and I didn't write anything. But so I started with an ode to toxic masculinity. Uh, then I said, Sandra Locke can't sing and she oh, no. cannot. She cannot. <laughs> It was like, why are you doing this to my ear holes? If this is I, just, I was like, uh, am I supposed to think she can sing, or exactly. am I supposed to understand nobody <laughs> likes her singing? Because at exactly. one point somebody gets up to leave during her performance, and I'm like, yeah, lucky you. Yeah. Well, what sports? Like, well, I think she was playing in a talent night that Mel Tillis was the, the headliner MC for, and it's like, oh god, so I'm supposed to buy that shit, whatever. And then later she's at one where Charlie Rich is the star. And I'm like, this is just, this is so they can shoehorn in big names to kind of get the marquee bust, you know, rolling. Yeah. It's yeah. like, come on. Uh, so I said, Sonda Lock can't sing. And then I, and then when the biker gang showed up, I said, where's Eric Von Zipper when you need him? Which if you're familiar with the Frankie and yeah. Beach movies, that's the, like the, uh, the biker character. Where's, where's the Nazis from the Blues Brothers when you need them? <laughs> exactly. You know, like- at that, at that point, this, I'm like, this is this a, nat- has basically the structure of the Blues Brothers. Yes. The Blues Brothers is fun. Well, I that's hope, th- still. I yeah, don't this- know. I'm worried now. If I go watch it again, no. Um. This t- this ties into something that that interested me early on in the opening credits. They they show it says written by Jeremy Joe Krosenberg, mm-hmm. copyright 1978 Warner Brothers, and I've yeah. never seen that mm-hmm. in a credit where they like write out and put a copyright on the thing, and I was like, what? Why? You know, like I think that maybe it was written by committee. Maybe it's like something where they they needed to I don't know take some kind of legal stance on I'm not sure what yeah. but Jeremy Joe Krosenberg is the biker he beats up in the restaurant like there's the the one who's kind of oh, balding okay. and scrawny right right and then there's right the other one who has a slight Joe Namath look the slight Joe Namath look is the guy credited as the writer oh I'm god. Like, I hmm. wonder if he like worked it into it, there's some weird contract thing going on with this script. Well, according to the Wikipedia's, uh it had already been turned down by most other big production companies. The the script 
Uh, but then it got submitted to Eastwood from a friend in the hopes that they would pass it along to Burt Reynolds because I guess Smokey and the Bandit or whatever. Uh, and that's when Eastwood said, oh, I kind of like this one. It'll, you know, it'll broaden my appeal with the general public. cock blocks Burt Reynolds. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and then apparently everyone around Eastwood on his production team and his agents uh, was not enthusiastic. They, they, they probably tried to talk him out of it. They're like, no, don't do this. But he went ahead anyway. Uh, and then the, like, the thing goes on to make a jillion dollars. It's just, you know, good on you, Clint Eastwood, but good Christ, why did you do this to us? I was so mad. He wanted to do something other than be a cop or like, you know, the, 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 the silent yeah. stranger, which right. I can respect, but there's just nothing going on in this. I mean, there's literally nothing going on in this movie. It's just one shambolic idea after another, just sort of pieced together by the very loosest of thread. I mean, it's a, just, a, ugh. A woman won't respond to his advances, so he has, uh, uh, uh he has his buddy hand him a sort of set piece dentures. of dentures oh, that yeah. he puts yeah. into her soup. And I'm like, yeah, but he does it as you know, like, like it's always on standby because he's always hitting on women eating soup. I'm not sure I get the, <laughs> well, yeah. uh, here he's Utility. clearly owning the liberal because this is, this is the, this character is also the USC student who's writing her her she's doing research on the hicks yeah yeah right? she's obviously and, a and bitch so, the way they present yeah, her it's so like yeah fuck her. so he's justified in fucking around with her because she's Feeder just the dentures yeah yeah so it's yeah. The, the country music mentality that's not a paper that's not yeah. a thing <laughs> it is if you're in a clean eastwood comedy i guess oh god She's just an elitist college bitch, you yeah. know, just so, whatever. It's just so much wrong with this. But it's like, that's when you realize this, uh, you kind of piece it together. It's like, okay, so he's uh, toxic masculinity. He lives at home. If this were like 2004, he'd be playing video games in his basement. I mean, it's that kind of a vibe. But somehow he's a free spirit. <laughs> and he just like gets into these random fights. And he's the best bare knuckle brawler in the, the West uh, and then they keep bringing up this guy named Tank Murdoch that is the best and has the reputation. And then by the end, when they're traveling the West, ginning up fights for money, uh, he ends up squaring off against Tank and then like throws the fight at the very end for some reason, I guess. It's like this weird tacked on ending. He doesn't want that- Tank to retire is anything other than undefeated. <laughs> yeah, it's just so, like none of it makes Clint sense. Clint Eastwood is, is the good... Like respectable chauvinist piece of shit that yeah. beats people up oh and destroys God. their property. Like that's the thing. Every time he wins a fight against somebody who's not like one of the fighters, he has to like steal their truck and throw it in the river or yeah. or destroy their bikes. Like he he can't just win the fight. He has to like humiliate you know, them. Yeah. yeah, mechanically rape them in some way. <laughs> like it's just fuck. Well, to continue with my notes, the one after uh Where's Eric Von Zipper? I'm like, oh, the Black Widows are Nazis! Exclamation point. This is just yeah. like the Blues Brothers. <laughs> and so that's when I start drifting off and piecing together the lineage from Smokey and the Bandit to this to Blues Brothers as like a weird, mm-hmm. uh, like three parter of the same basic story, but told in different ways. And only one of them is just truly unwatchable. Uh, and it's this one. So it's just a very strange deal but Gosh. the bikers yeah 
No, I never thought of it until now. It's like Nazis were sort of like the the butt of a lot of movie jokes for a long time. And yeah. I think it was successful at keeping those fucking Nazis down. Somehow mm-hmm. we stopped doing that joke <laughs> and now we've got Nazis. It's like, yeah. you, you could see that was a smart move. Let's make sure these assholes don't come back by making them goofballs. Yeah. Yeah. But the Nazis <laughs> in this one, they're just so dumb. They're just there to, I don't know, be comic relief. Because when they go to harass Ruth Gordon, who I love her in Harold and Maude, but by this one, she had been already playing the same basic character for most of the 70s, like this and Where's Papa? She's just that weird, spacey, uh, irascible old lady character. Like- yeah, to the point of, does she even know which movie she's in, or is yeah. she just just it's, confused in real life, and they just pointed a camera at her and said, have at it? I mean, yeah, could I be, know. but from like uh, Harold and Maude up through My Bodyguard, she's literally playing the same character in every movie, so good for her for getting work, but uh, it just gets yeah. tiresome. <laughs> she's the one who shoots the motorcycles from the porch of her of her trailer with an elephant gun, and right. they explode, right? Yeah, like exactly. I mean... Oh boy, you know, because she because she was just hanging out on the porch of her trailer, and she's got a lot of valuable shit in her trailer. Well, you see, and it needs defending. That's yeah. why she has the elephant gun in her lap while she's yeah. just hanging out, right? Well, you see, the joke was that uh, Clint and his brother took the orangutan and just left her at home, and she kept complaining about leaving a defenseless old woman alone. Whereas clearly, she is not a defenseless old woman. Aren't you laughing yet? <laughs> it's oh, it's, like, it's a on. joke. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, it's very ham, ham-fisted, like, from start to finish this movie. It's just like, come on. And by Remember, the end the of- 70s did not have great films anyway. This is, like, right on par with the evil yeah. Knievel biopic. I mean, <laughs> it's just, well, structurally, it's all over the place. It's fatty. It's just a bunch of scenes yeah. that don't mean anything. Which is, yeah, which is weird. But if you look at 1978, so this will bring the discussion around then, Eric. So that's a good intro. Uh, so if you look at the top 10 movies from 1978, according to Wikipedia, uh, from 10 down, uh, it's The Deer Hunter, Revenge of the Pink Panther, Cheech and Chong's Up in Smoke, Jaws 2, Hooper, Heaven Can Wait, Every Which Way But Loose, Animal House, Grease, and Superman. That was 1978's highest grossing movies and I, that I just think cheech and chong's up in smoke explains a lot of this <laughs> yeah i've got a different ex- list oh yeah i've got a different list that includes like movies that were released in previous years but were still in theaters because like okay. star wars <laughs> is still on this list yeah but, like right. i have top grossing for 78 uh greece national lampoon's animal house right. jaws 2 uh-huh. heaven can wait and then every which way but loose. Yeah, and right it depends that, on Hooper and Convoy. Yeah, it depends on which list you're you're rolling because uh, some of them include the previous years. And just for perspective, if you look at '79, because this one came out in December of '78, so technically most of the people watching it were doing it in 1979. Uh, but that's when you get a whole different shift. So that's Kramer versus Kramer, Amityville Horror, Rocky II, Apocalypse Now. Star Trek, the motion picture, Alien 10, the jerk, Moonraker, and the Muppet movie. And so it's, that's yeah. a totally different vibe movie-wise from year to year. So when you look at 78, it's like, how much white male entitlement is going on in this f- fucking list of movies? <laughs> uh, it's just in, it's weird. It is so yeah. weird. Yeah. Now, Chris, I, I got to tell you, this, this is now officially... My least favorite movie we've talked about 
on the podcast. I'm, I I'm here for actively you, hated this I'm, movie. I'm like, so oh here my for fucking you. god. <laughs> yeah. I don't I, even find a lot to get get any comedy out of. I just hate yeah, it. Yeah. It's just it's yeah. it's just a it's a giant turd from start to finish. But it's so weird that it's such a cultural phenomenon. And I this is my yeah. theory. It's because of the fucking monkey. It's because of Clyde. Sure. I there's, don't know. Because there's still people who are like, you know, oh I love that movie. Really? Why? Have you Why? seen it? It's yeah, sort of like they I, were seven. Okay, they were seven when it came <laughs> yeah. out, and there was a funny monkey, I and they guess. got to see like I don't, I you know, they got to feel like they were getting one over on everybody because it's guess. rated PG you know, at a time when I don't know what it, the f- any. If you God. ignore everything else, one one other thing I'd like to to interject. Uh, another reason I hate Clint Eastwood is the degree <laughs> yeah. to which he ruined Sandra Locke's career. Because mm-hmm. she was an Academy Award nominated actress who was on her way up. And then she collided with the Rowdy Yates movie machine and just got sucked into it. So she was in all of these, you know, <laughs> fucking home movies that he released in theaters. Yeah. And the moment she said, you know what, I want to direct a film and was looking into it, he divorces her. Yeah. Because his ego couldn't handle it. <sighs> I I'm like, mm-hmm. that's that must be why he 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 only like you know fucks and marries actresses because he knows that they can't you know me too him or probably yeah you know, their I careers would end but I don't well, know but well it's just I just despise that guy yeah well it's just a weird comparison like so well two things like the the year before this one came out he had done a movie with Sandra Locke called The Gauntlet which is he's a he's a like a phoenix which cop. kicks ass I must it's say. a good I yeah love that's a yeah. that's a fun violent little thriller because uh, he's got to go pick Sandra. Sandra lock up from Vegas and get her back to Phoenix, but there's all these mafia guys of late odds that they won't make it. And then by the end, it's like they're driving this armor-plated yeah. bus down through the downtown streets of Phoenix and, and everybody's shooting at them. And the mob has bought off the cops, and so yeah. the cops are, like, ordered to stop him. And yeah, and so you've got, like, all these Phoenix police officers on tops of buildings shooting yeah. at this bus uh, in, in Phoenix. I mean, that's that, that was the wild thing about it is, like, I'm watching this going, oh my God, that's, that's downtown. That's yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> so to go from that to every which way but loose is just, I mean, it's beyond left of center. It's just, what in the hell? How much drugs was going around at the time? No, I, beer, thought, beer yeah, was ego. going around. Ego yeah. and hubris. He was looking at Burt Reynolds and going, I want some of that market share. Because yeah. he had all of the serious grown-up action fair and burt reynolds had all the ha 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 yeah. kind of well that's shit. the thing is this like if you compare it because that's my other point is if you compare it to smoking the bandit it's like night and day like burt reynolds is smoking the bandit is just fun i mean he's kind of a dick but at the same time he's an affable charming dick and so you don't care that's the difference and that's in this that's one it's just right yeah there. and in this one it's like clint eastwood is just so sour from for frame yeah. one, it's like I don't give a shit if you get dumped or not. I want the Nazis to beat the living hell out of you, dude, and it's so, not going to happen. So, so the secret to maintaining your white patriarchy is charisma. Yes. You gotta be yes. fun, exactly. If, if you want to hold on to all the power, Bro, that's Reynolds what we're learning from is that. singularly okay. personable. I mean, yes. like that's it, the what made basically made him famous was his appearances on the Tonight Show because he's so funny and affable. You know, it's like you stick him in something like Smokey and the Bandit, and it just works 
yeah. all on his shoulders. You try and do that with someone as non-personable as Clint Eastwood. <laughs> exactly. <Whoa. laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like, so Smokey and the Bandit uh, historically did not have like a very good script. And so it's all ad lib, which is, that's kind of what Shocking. Hal Needham and, and Burt Reynolds did on their movies. And that works because the cast is obviously having fun and they get along. It seems like they tried the same thing with Every Which Way But Loose, but nobody knew what the hell they were doing. And so it's just like, there's no chemistry on any level except with the monkey. And I call it a monkey, but it's an ape, but whatever. Don't yeah. don't get pissed off out there, people. Uh, and so it's like, ugh, all right, it's terrible. Oh, terrible, terrible. Your uh, fault. So your fault is yeah, on you. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> Jesus. Well, you know, I hadn't seen this thing so, since I was about like nine. And so it, it, I can imagine uh, that's probably why now. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. So, 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 Eric, you mentioned that the theme was was omnipresent. To take us out, I'm going to play as we as we do our exit here. Going to play the love theme from Smokey and Bandit, which is the sexy sex scene version. No, of any every which every rabbit's every which way. But did you say Smokey and the Bandit? No, did he? No, no. I think he did. I, I, I mean, every rich way but loose. Yeah, oh, the sexy sex he, scene version. He hopes it's of any money. But this, no, I will give you the couple. No, of, this is this this is at one hour and twenty minutes in the movie. Here it I, is, folks. I think <laughs> the sexy version of the Smokey and the Bandit theme is. <laughs> yeah. Well, why don't you play that instead? Because so, yeah. so much for my Eddie, effort to, Eddie, to end the show. Yeah, Eddie Rabbit <laughs> is no Jerry Reed. Let us just be clear on that fact. Okay, eastbound and down. Aces, but uh, all I had like a couple of notes. So I said this movie makes me want to watch Urban Cowboy so I can actually laugh. I wrote that because it's just that cowboy shit was just terrible. And then I wanted to know where Sheriff Lobo was when you needed him because I'm like, damn, I watched the shit out of BJ and the Bear as a child, but I did not realize that it was so close <laughs> to every which way but loose. Just transpose the orangutan for a chimp, and that's pretty much the same. And I was like, oh, what was going on in the 70s? What? What was going on? I don't get it. Uh, you, can, so, you can find us on Twitter at MagHuge. You can God. find us on Facebook at Magnificently Huge. <laughs> I I just, just, like... just fucking Google Magnificently Huge and you'll probably yeah. find some shit that's us. There you yeah. go. And, yeah. and please just don't watch this movie. I feel like I should Smash apologize. Smash that like but button. I'm, yeah, I'm not going to apologize because fuck you guys. <laughs> fuck you guys. And, and, and accept our dark warning. Do not go into the any which way but loose. <laughs> oh.